Joe Dickinson is joining us as we speak. And Joe, you're kind of working out all your accommodations there, and and uh, this is a oh, fun. On, man, I'm sorry about that. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, no, nah, no worries at all. Man, that was so fun to uh, to come to your event today, the Elite Quarterback Club, and uh, congratulations on such a good event. And uh, it's just like Texas, though, to plop a stadium like a new stadium, Joe. It's it's almost like you asked for a new stadium. You got one, that uh, Christian school y'all are using, Trinity Christian, out there at Alito. And then up the road, there's an indoor facility that you can have access to for all your meetings and some of the things y'all can do that, uh, boy, Jesse Haney has built, and he's the father of a great young quarterback. So it really does, Joe, seems like you picked the perfect place to hold this quarterback camp. Well, obviously, we're really – feel great grateful that jesse would let us have it at his indoor and then trinity christian would let us get on their their field because uh you know it just it, because it's so right there next to each other right and i mean within a three-minute drive and um you know we could have used a little bit more air conditioning but hey it is what it is it's hot all over texas and somebody somewhere is out there throwing and working and it was beautiful and you know when you it's like I told the quarterbacks just a little bit ago when I got out of the meeting was we didn't have to do that. We got to do that. So that's real important. And so, um, you know, we, we get, we get, you know, we get to do that. And, and that's how you got, we got to, we got to look at some positive spin to this. It was warm. You're right. And I did see you make it to the shade. There was not much of a shade out there on that turf, but hey, that's, mm-hmm. that's all over America though. Right now, South Texas is the same way. Whatever, but we're doing what we're doing, and we're we're really blessed to to be able to do it, Matt. Yeah, I borrowed Stephen Holly's uh, chair, and I did find that big shade tree, and I had a nice vantage point from up there to watch you working, and, and then to have Mac Jones, somebody you've worked with for many many years. How cool is that? He's your celebrity participant, and I mean that's got to mean so much to the kids. They're already getting great instruction. But to work with a starting NFL quarterback, and it's not like he's just putting his name on it. I mean, he was out there in the heat uh, every moment with them, meeting with them afterwards. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it really was kind of cool to watch. I bet, Joe, they just get the biggest kick out of those kids. I bet they really appreciate him being out there and, and having such a hands-on part of your camp. What, how have you seen them to kind of react to him since he's been doing this with you? To be honest, they hang on every word. I, I could say ten sentences, and they may, may get one of them, but they hang on every word. And uh, It's funny, we have a little a 11-year-old guy, and that's when I started, first started messing with Mac. We had uh, like four or five 11-year-olds, 11, 12-year-old guys, and when I finally started coaching Mac, and uh, – and I tell him, hey, that's this is the age he was when when, when I met him, and so it, it's really good. Mac doing it. Mac loves football. He's a special guy. I mean, he he, he opens himself up to these kids, and um, it's just it's really good because he doesn't hold anything back. He, he tries to help them as much as he can and as fast as he can. What was he like at their age? Mac Jones, let's say like 13 or 14 years old. 
I mean, did you well, already at that point see enough to make you think, okay, we got, we definitely have something here, or was he uh, a late bloomer a little bit, or what? When did he really start to pop? Uh, because again, like you said, you've been working with him since he was a little guy. Well, he started to pop when he was right about a junior or senior year in high school. Because most people don't know, Mac played played in a wing T offense. He didn't play in a passing offense. And so, but he worked on the skills off the, away from his team so that he could be good on as a passer. He could really throw the football from a young age. Um, he just didn't grow until then, but uh, he was a light bloomer on growing and stuff like that. But he was a football uh, sponge. In the meeting rooms, he'd be taking notes. Everything we'd tell him, he'd be, he'd be listening to, and he would he would know the hot points to, to write down and everything. And so it was special watching him coach those guys today, and to realize that basically 13 years ago we were doing the same thing, and he was sitting on the other side. And there was the Josh Freeman's, Rhett Omar, uh, some, you know, uh, you know, Rhett's a Texas name, right from the Metroplex mm-hmm. area. Um, Rudy Carpenter, all kind of guys, right? And uh, he was on the other side, and that's why I was telling him, hey, there was not that long ago that he was over there sitting where you were, and now Max running or you know running the meeting and talking to him about two high coverages and all that stuff, and you know it was some really perfect things that was really important, and they hang on every word, and, and it's important that uh, and they don't realize how they probably don't even still realize how special it is to have a guy like him you know, breaking it down or get being as open as he is to try to help him. Because, you, like you said, he didn't, he didn't miss a rep. He wasn't over there in the shade signing stuff, taking pictures. He was coaching every play. And, and, and that's yeah. what you want because he's truly a football guy. Yeah. So, you know, you I'm know, not. It was I, good, Matt. Yeah. I, uh, you know, he was it, so into it. I, I thought I would catch him at some point and say hello. And I, he was locked in, though. I did not want to interrupt him. When y'all went underneath for a quick break underneath the stands, that's probably when I should have said hi to it. But, man, that was oh, he was into right. it. Are you coming back tomorrow so I can, can put you together with him? You know, you, they have just – Matt, they're ser- they have serious regulations up there, right? I mean, can't do oh, interviews yeah. and all that stuff. Unless, but it's just – it is what it is. But hopefully you'll come back in tomorrow and we can – are you coming to the barbecue tonight? Well, I've had to make my way back to the studio, so I can't come out there tonight. But uh, I, I – uh, yeah, I, I, somehow I'll, I'll come, I'll come out again. Yeah. And I because want to make that, sure he meets you. That would be really yeah. good. I would love to do that, and uh, uh, that, was, uh, that was really cool to see. And then to see these young guys, you probably started working with Hoss Haney, for instance, out of Alito committed to TCU now and you know you had to they knocked him for his height and uh and, and what he's he's 5'10 or 5'11 but I mean the arm talent the speed we know about the speed he's as you said on our air he's like one of the fastest quarterbacks in any level in the country NFL anything I think you called him one of the top 10 fastest but today I noticed him arm talent wise I mean, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, he's hitting fast. You can see why the Clemsons and other people started to come around. And and, uh, uh, and you knew that about him. You and 
Glenn Stretch-Smith, boy, y'all saw that in him early, early on. But sometimes it takes people time to kind of catch on. But it was fascinating to watch some of those young guys, like Hoss, throw it. Because it's, uh, I mean, they're not Mac Jones yet, but, man, there's some talent out there. And then that other big kid you had from Beaumont. Roy, I mean, I kept asking people, who is that tall kid? Who is that guy? I mean, he was taller than, I mean, some of the, I mean, it was just like, wait, that kid's like 6'4", or 6'5", or something, and that was the young man from Beaumont that you've been working with. I mean, you really have identified and worked with some some fine young quarterbacks, but that's got to be fun, Joe, when you see a kid like Hawes commit to TCU and all that hard work pay off. And I'm sure you've had to a million times tell different parents, hey, just be patient because they, they all want all the offers and they want to get it taken care of and they want it like when they're sophomores. And it doesn't happen that way for everybody. Hey, each person travels their own road, man. The good Lord has a plan. And we, it, it happens on his timing, not ours. And that's what I tell him right there. No, 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 no two journeys are, are exactly alike. And um, it does take a little bit of time sometime. And then, but in the end, it's, it's certainly worked out for Haas. It'll, it's Roy has numerous offers. It'll work out for him. And uh, Roy Thomas Jenkins is who we're talking about, the kid at Beaumont Westbrook. Yeah. But, you know, Trip Holly is another talented kid that was out there from the Metroplex area. You know, there's, uh, there's, some, there's some guys, man. And uh, we've got some young kids, you know, that's some of the top young kids in America. And then even down to the 10- and 11-year-old guys that can really throw the football for their, for their age. Yeah, I've known Tripp since he was a little kid, so that was pretty neat to see him out there throwing it, and I, and uh, that was cool. I love being involved. How's uh, How's Glenn Stretch Smith's son coming along, Colby? You know, is why? he over? He's remarkably yeah. improved. Remarkably really? improved. And so, yes, I, I'm. I, then I told Col- uh, Colby that because if he would quit trying to see the ball come out of his hand, he would be a lot more accurate because he has certainly enough velocity and and distance in his throws these days. I can't tell you I'm impressed I've been at Kobe's, you know, has improved. Man, that is, that, is, uh, that is great to hear. Joe Dickinson joined the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Now, Joe, what the rest of camp, uh, some of the things you all work on, arm movement refinement. And then I thought this was interesting, NIL guidance and insight. Um that's the Wild West these days with the portal, with NIL, everything like that. Now, Joe, how have you kind of studied all this NIL and, and who do you kind of bring in and, and who do you can consult with as you try to visit with the parents, visit with the kids about how to manage what has changed in a huge way? In just the last three years, things have changed dramatically. How do you, what do you try to convey to these players and their parents on this whole NIL front? Well, something, Matt, has become very common these days is like the Lead 11 or this deal here, bringing in an outside source as, as, as being someone that understands the ins and outs of the NIL. And we got a guy in Oklahoma by the name of Derek Chance who's actually down here, and he has some of his people, and they'll talk to the – and we don't do it in a big group as much, but I like to tell the parents, hey, and I'll tell them this tonight, you know, Derek's here for you to bounce these questions off because I don't think NLI is going away. 
NIL. I really, I don't. I don't don't think it is. I think it's here to stay. I think it's maybe modified a little bit or whatever. So it's something that's very fluid. It's kind of the wild, wild west, but uh, Derek's kind of an expert in it and doing a study in it, and so he'll do that. And, you know, the arm refinement deal is we're trying to put the wrist over the elbow, elbow over the shoulder, which we got an apparatus here that a guy built from Oklahoma that helps him kind of speed up the process. So we're trying to make this a well-rounded deal. And then, you know, and then having Mac as the talent. And, of course, we have Slade Bolden in the receiver for the the Falcons. You know, they were roommates, and it helped to have him. And there might be a couple more of those guys come out tomorrow and uh, that's from the Patriots or something. But uh, we'll – it's just good stuff, man. It's football, balls, balls. That's just what it is. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it is fun to watch, and uh, some of the breakdowns that y'all do, and and uh, everything. It's uh, I, I tell you, I I just cannot imagine uh, as a young guy getting access to that. You're totally right about Mac. I they may not totally understand or appreciate what they're getting, but I guarantee you, like their parents understand, like. This is just sort of rare. And then, Joe, with your experience in Oklahoma, Northern Illinois, all the different places you've been, the Buffalo Bills, that's, that's enough right there. That's uh, pretty huge. Now, do you ever tell the kids? Do you get to telling some stories? Joe, do you go back? And I mean, obviously, some of these kids have never heard of Barry Switzer, as hard as that is right, to believe, yeah. and, and different people like that's that. That's true. That's true. I try to keep it current for them, right? And because they have no idea who Barry Switzer is. They'd have to be from Oklahoma to know that because the kid <laughs> from Waco, Texas would have no idea who Barry Switzer is. And he's the king of Oklahoma in college football, right? And so, uh, yeah, we, we, there's always going to be some storytelling. But, man, we try to keep it right to the business at hand. Like we're, you know, this is trying to make it a productive meeting and something that's all about their self-improvement. How can I help you improve? Here's what I think. We just got finished studying their throwing motions. We shot every one of them today. I missed a couple because the, the light, uh, at the end of the practice because I got to where I couldn't see it. was so bright out there on my camera phone. But we shot those guys. And with that being said, um, you know, we, we watched them on tape and got to watch them, um, you know, and they got to watch themselves. And we got to critique them from right there. Do you try to, like, take them how they are? Like, how much will you change, like, a whole throwing motion if you just don't think it's that productive? Maybe they've got some good size, talent. Like, how much, how dramatic uh, are your changes that you make, whether it be the arm refinement, the footwork otherwise with with, with, with quarterbacks? Or do you try to most times we, take? We try to go, Matt, we try to go through it all, and we try to let them see themselves so they can – see what mm-hmm. we're seeing mac yeah. mac critiqued them i critiqued them you know and of course i was lucky enough that i helped mac develop as a pastor so he listens to you know and, and like he told me today he's still working on some things that we've been working on for years and uh because you know brady had a coach forever it's it's, it's a never-ending you know you get a little older we heard this or heard that but it's it's a lot to it people say it Back in the day when they said, well, just grab the ball and throw it. Well, some can, some can't. And, and to be honest with you, I can't remember the last time I drove by a, a park and I saw a bunch of kids out throwing a football. They're, just, they're, they're, they're staying indoors and looking at phones. And I, we, we fight that. We battle that with them. And we're just 
we're going we're gonna to talk about everything they do from their feet up, because that's where we start. Their eyes and their feet are what creates the throw. And the rest of the body stays, you know, to catch up. And so that, that's how we do it. Well, it's uh, it was fun to get to be a part of it and observe everything. Thank you for letting me uh, crash that party today. Met a lot of nice uh, folks out there. And uh, I was glad Stretch, uh, Glenn Stretch Smith, who you've known for many years, he brought a very large umbrella and kind of positioned himself in the corner over there. And then when he needed something, he would kind of whistle at different folks. And he had a cooler. I mean, really, he really seemed to enjoy himself out there. Rough life. <laughs> I, was, I was a little surprised to see him not stand up and try to walk out there. Uh, but for once, he kind of stayed. You know, I think he wanted to, Colby to get the instruction, and he didn't didn't hear him interfere or anything like that. So I think that's uh, I think old Stretch he was, on, was, uh, he, was on, he was on the security guard's radar. We we were watching for him. We weren't letting him out there, man. Come on. Now. <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Okay. Congratulations on a very. So I can introduce you to Mac. Okay. Love to do it. You and I have talked about Mac a lot, so I need for you to to meet him. Okay. We'll do it, Joe. Appreciate you. All right, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. There you go. Joe Dickinson. And it's the Elite Quarterback Club. Aaron, I think I sent you that deal a minute ago. Uh, Oh, yeah. I think I did. And that's a really uh, that's an interesting guy with a with a great background in coaching, and he's kind of gotten the reputation. There's a lot of quarterback whisperers out there, but what he's done with Mac Jones, he continues to work with Mac, and uh, you could just watch it, Aaron. It was kind of impressive to see the Patriots quarterback out there, and he was just so approachable and fun and like. Just like he just did not. I, I I don't know what you think an NFL quarterback would be like, but I could see maybe some some young guys being a little intimidated being out there with somebody like that. And he just was so affable and outgoing and the whole thing. And he was out there in this all black on the field there, and it was at least 115 degrees on that playing surface. And I was out there standing on the track for a little while. I retreated under a big uh, oak tree or maybe a big pecan tree, big old huge tree, and uh, took a chair up there. It was the one shade spot in the entire area, and I planted the seat there, and I observed it, and actually underneath that tree, the breeze would hit. And it had a pretty nice little breeze would hit me, and uh, and that was uh, something. By the way, Aaron, you're going to have to – you'll have to crack down. Ward has a different approach than you do. Ward just – he will not cut me off. He will not. He will let me talk. If I wanted to talk till 6.15, he would not tell me to get go to break. <laughs> He's just like, do whatever you need to do. And so, anyway, I, I've, had to, I've learned a different approach. And uh, I, you'll kind of get me back on here. But it is, it is um, Ward, Ward did not, uh, the sanctity. Aaron, you're kind of a military style. We got to get here, and you got to get to there. Ward does not take that approach, which is scary with me. You can imagine, uh, I blew through every <laughs> break. Um, you can imagine uh, uh, throughout the week, but uh, Ward White's filling in for Aaron did a really nice job, and you'll be hearing more from Ward 
in the coming weeks. And that'll be exciting. Now, real quick, uh, Aaron, before we get to the the dismount, um, there's some interesting news out there. And uh, there was a trade today in the NBA that got my attention. The Hawks, now the, the... the Mavericks, Aaron, have been interested in John Collins. Pretty good player for the Hawks. Aaron, what would you say? John Collins maybe score at times. He's been like 15 to 20 points a game. Real tall guy. I mean, he'll block a shot or two. But he's an interesting player in the NBA. I like him. I like the player. They're trading. The, the Hawks are trading John Collins. He's only been rumored to be traded now for like three years. They The Hawks acquired... Rudy Gay. Aaron, how old is Rudy Gay? Is he like 45? Is he our age? I mean, Rudy Gay (laughs) has been playing in the NBA forever. And I like Rudy, but Rudy doesn't have much left. The Hawks are acquiring for Rudy Gay and a future second-round pick for Collins, who is owed $78 million over the next three seasons. The swap creates... A $25.3 million trade exception for the Hawks, the largest in the NBA. Aaron, who could they, who could the Hawks go after with a trade exception like that? Surely they wouldn't go after Kyrie. No, not with Trey. No. I don't really think that would match up with Trey, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, also, Utah used the ninth pick. In Thursday's NBA draft to select, you know, Taylor Hendricks. And, I mean, they have Lowry uh, uh, Markinen, and then they had the all-rookie center Walker Kessler. I mean, this team is long and good. A lot of these big dudes can shoot. I mean, I'm talking crazy uh, wingspan shooting the whole shooting match. I kind of like what Utah is becoming. And, Aaron, did you see who else 